0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC.
1: Hammer bit on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight
2: up screamer.
0: Download our app today and enjoy straight-up Screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.
2: Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. It's ten twenty two here on mornings with Ian Smith, Ricardo Ball, in for Smithy time for the panel. And joining us on the panel today, Jamie Wall. G'day, Jamie. How are you?
1: G'day, Ricardo.
2: How did Paniki get on this weekend, mate? A
1: uh, good one. Good one down in uh, down in Wellington. For Porniki, um beat uh, Johnsonville. So uh, I think that, that means they're in the top four of the Jubilee Cup. So good
2: stuff there. Yeah, well, that's that's the important stuff. We get we get the important stuff uh, out of the way early. Uh, also, uh, joining us on the panel today, and uh, we're going to cover a whole bunch of sport, uh, including rugby league, rugby, and cricket. Is Alex Chapman? G'day, Alex. How are you?
0: Morning, Ricardo. Morning, Jadab. Yeah, very well, thank you, mate.
2: It's a story, boys. All right. Uh, first off the bat, Super Rugby. Uh, wins across the board for the New Zealand teams, uh, if you don't count uh, the Moana-Drew game. Um, is that as you thought it would be after we, we saw a couple of Aussie teams get up over Kiwi teams last weekend, Jamie? Uh, yeah,
1: I, I think so. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's it's completely blown the notion that Australian teams are getting and getting better out of the water. And... And to your point, like I actually, I will count that um, Waianae uh, Pacifica is a New Zealand team because they're based in New Zealand and most of those players have come through the New Zealand system. So for me, uh, until they start um, producing and uh, taking, uh, growing players from the islands, to me, they're, they're still going to be a New Zealand team. So that one counts, um, even though the Drua definitely aren't an Australian team, I can say that much, because mm. they, they have come out of Fiji. So... Um, yeah, I think so. I I mean obviously uh, the Reds were gonna have a really tough ask coming to Eden Park to play uh, a very informed blues blues team and that game went as we, we thought it would. Um probably the most uh, important thing I think coming out of that blues game uh, was the form of Bowden Barrett. Um coming as we as we get close to the test test season. Um is very much staking claim to um have that number ten jersey. Uh, through to the World Cup uh, and his combination with Stephen Perifeta was uh, was really awesome. I thought um, So that gives the all-black selectors um, something to think about uh, Having those two guys uh, on the field because they've tried to use uh, Bowden in conjunction with Richie Mwonga as a kind of dual playmaker thing and it sort of Hasn't quite worked out as well as as he might have thought um, The way that it used to do with Damien McKenzie, but having Stevie P there playing good rugby, uh, I think you know, th- that could be the answer to uh, the All Blacks kind of unlocking a few defences there. And in the other games, well, um, the Chiefs, very, very lucky uh, to get away with that win. Um, they felt a bit sorry for the Rebels, um, to be honest. Uh, and then um, the Hurricanes, again, a big second-half effort there uh, and relying on Captain Fantastic, Artie Savia to, to win the game in a game that was actually almost identical the last time the Hurricanes beat the Waratahs in Sydney back in 2019, um, it was it, it, it's, it's amazing how similar that, those two games are. If you go back and look, it's almost exactly the same scoreline, and both won with uh, Artie severe tries uh, right on at the end of the game there. So, yeah, uh, good stuff there. And then uh, the Highlanders, good to see them coming into form at the right um, time of the time of the season.
2: Yeah, very good to see them come into form at the right time of the season. I you do feel sorry for Mitch Hunt though. Same Gilbert out of nowhere is, as the new Highlanders ten and after a sixty one ten win, probably not going to relinquish that jersey uh anytime soon you'd think, Alex. Um question for you on that. Uh Bowden Barrett, is he is he ahead of Richie Mwanga now, do you think, in the uh, in the race for the all black ten and is Steven Petafeta our third best option at ten?
0: Uh we'll, we'll start with the last First, I think a 100% is, and talking to Bowden Barrett last week for a story on, on News sub Bowden agreed. I, I asked him, should Stephen Petalfit be in Black, And he said very strongly and without even hesitation, absolutely. Um, and he thinks he'll fit in very comfortably within the environment. And I think the way they were just working together in a game situation, Jamie and I, and, and the rest of the Auckland media are very lucky to see them at training on a regular basis and it looks good on the training paddock, but it's how you then convert that into a game situation and just seeing Bowden running off um, Pell Fetter, I thought was... <laughs> it must be so intimidating for an opposition team at the moment having to, to play the Blues. When you have Roger Tuivasa doing what he was, and I actually thought that was probably Roger's best offensive game on the weekend. I, I still have concerns for the Blues... Defence, yeah, they've scored 124 points in two weeks, which is monumental. Um, but they've also conceded 54 in two weeks. So that will be a, a bit of a work on for them. I also love the fact that we've now gone, what, six minutes without mentioning the Crusaders. So, um, yeah, bit, bit of a statement win for them, though. For them to go over to Canberra and do what they did against what we thought was a very good Brumbies team. And not saying they're not anymore, but that, that's a statement win from the Crusaders.
2: Yeah, very good win for the Crusaders, and certainly gives them the opportunity to uh, nail down second spot in in Super Rugby Pacific as well. Um, Jamie, you talked uh, we we mentioned uh, the Highlanders at sixty one ten. When where two for Mitch Hunt? Do you think because uh, you know with a new coach due to be uh, brought into the Highlanders next year, his stocks probably at the lowest they've ever been.
1: Well, firstly, apologies to my good friends down in Christchurch for not mentioning their team. Um, That was a a pretty impressive one as well. Although I will mention that the the Brumbies were a bit light on troops, and um, so that probably had a bit to do with it. But anyway, sorry. Mitch Hunt, yeah, he's he's an interesting, he had a pretty interesting career um, because back when he came out of the uh, the Crusaders uh, system, I I would presume the best place for him to go would be the Hurricanes because, you know, they're a team that, obviously needs a, a 10. Um, they've, they've moved on from now and probably found something in, in Aidan Morgan or Reuben Love. Just interesting situation there. Um, yeah, I feel like it's going to be not too far before we see Mitch Hunt uh, uh, saying that he's going to Japan or France uh, at this stage. Um, I just can't really see where he's kind of kind of fit in into the into the New Zealand picture. I won't get too carried away with Sam Gilbert um, I mean, obviously he had a great game, and he's a very quality player, uh, and he kicked well and everything. But you got to remember that they were playing against the Force on on a Friday night. Um, I, I, you know, he, he's not. It's one game. Uh, I don't think he's going to take over from Mitch, Mitch Hunt full time just yet. Uh, but it's more just like where does Mitch Hunt sort of fit in the overall picture of New Zealand? Because we were just talking about Stephen Perfeda before. Like he's clearly. Marched right up the ranks there. Joshua is uh, come back from injury. He had a pretty good game yesterday, despite you know it being quite close. So, like where Mitch Hunt sits and on the depth chart is, is is pretty far down at the moment. So, yeah, if I were him, I'd be having a word to my agent about how much yen or or euros I could I'd be worth.
2: Yeah, it wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be a bad conversation to have, right? At this moment in time, you got to think uh, just uh, quickly, Alex. We we'll see, um, you know, the Aussie uh, uh, Australian rugby are uh, talking about targeting NRL players for that 2027 Rugby World Cup. I mean, that's a bit like going to war with a pop gun, isn't it? Because uh, I mean, looking at the latest TV deals, <laughs> I think Aussie rugby have got a three year deal worth a hundred million total. The NRL have got a five year deal they've just signed worth two billion dollars. I mean, they're never going to win that war.
0: Holy heck. Yeah, it's a lot of coin. And, and and it just shows the lack of popularity of rugby across the ditch. It's maybe the fifth most popular sport at a push. Like it, it just isn't if you go on a lot of their um sports websites, bar probably the Sydney Morning Herald, where rugby really is the base. There's not much rugby union chat. So they, they have to do something to at least draw attention for a home World Cup, you think back to 2011 when we had the, the the Rugby World Cup here, it was, especially in Auckland where I'm based, Like we were skipping school to, to go down to All Blacks trainings and to the World Cup opening at the Cloud and I, I don't see that happening with Australia unless something miraculous happens with the game over there in the next five years, so whatever they can do if it means drawing across fantastic rugby league players, then you know, you've got to try whatever you can, don't you?
2: Uh, you do. You do. We'll carry on this conversation and get Jamie's thoughts after the latest in news and sport with Araha Hathaway. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Talk, talk, then talk to me. Yeah, big opinions, all right, from Jamie Wall and Alex Chapman on the panel, and uh, we heard from Alex uh, before news and sport there on Australian rugby targeting NRL players for twenty twenty seven. Uh, those pay deals uh, for TV, where the majority of the money comes from, Jamie, a uh, uh, com- uh, complete opposite ends of the spectrum. What do you make of this? Is it is is this just talk to try and get in the media for Australia from Australian rugby?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean it, it's it's always something with the australian rugby media they have to kind of come out and say some some things that are going to grab some headlines so it is a bit more uh a lot of the stuff that comes out of there is a little bit more overblown than what you what you find over there over here uh, which is not a bad thing at all like it means that there's some journalists actually you know trying hard to to get in the headlines and it's just, it's clearly something that's got people talking I, I think it's probably been the number one topic all morning on this on the station to be honest, I'd am I, I take it more of a glass half full uh, look at this, because if you look at the last time the Wallabies were truly great, um, you know, back when they had the World Cup, and I'm obviously showing my age here, uh, you know, as as way back when, um, you know, they had that five-year period between 98 and 2003, made that World Cup final in a, in a tournament that they hosted. Um, that was a team that was propped up by guys who had a little bit of leak. They had Matt Rogers in that team. They had Lottie T'Kerry, uh Andrew Walker, um, I'm not sure if Wendell Saylor was there yet, but you know he was a guy that they got. And even then, later on, even a guy like Berick Barnes, who wasn't exactly the most, uh, you know, superstar of rugby league players, what became an integral part of that Wallabies uh, setup. And what they need right now, and what the Wallabies have been missing for a long, long time, um, has been a quality first five. And so, if they can actually, you know, get a half uh, out of the NRL who perhaps would have played a bit of schoolboy rugby before, which is actually a lot more common than you think, because a lot of the guys over there you do play both. Um, and, and, and in fact, it's not so much getting guys to switch from league, it's getting them to switch back, because, uh, because of the, the amount of crossover there is between those, uh, those two codes over there among young, young promising players. Um, I, I think it could actually be a really beneficial thing. Um, and also, yeah, you, you talk about the pay deals and, and, and how the NRL is you know, this big juggernaut over there for, for a young player. The Rugby World Cup is something completely different entirely in terms of being able to say, you can play for your country in front of 80,000 people in Sydney in a World Cup final uh, it's, uh, you know, down, the, down the track. If you were to sell that idea to a kid now... And say, you know, give them the, sell them the idea of test rugby on a regular basis, and say we're building something here. We've got a good coach. We've got a good young team because the these are a good young team who are playing a pretty decent brand of football. I, I, I can kind of see it working. I, I really can. So, you know, I want Australian rugby to be good. I think it's really important for New Zealand rugby that Australian rugby are good that they have a big presence in Super Rugby Pacific and are actually competitive during the Super Cup. So. I hope this works out for them. Um, it's not ideal. Like you know, it, it would be better if Australian rugby was producing their own players through so their own systems, but this is probably the next best thing.
2: It's, it's an interesting take, and I'm interested to see where it's going to go from here. Uh, we should talk Andrew Simons, of course, Unfortunately, passing away over the weekend after that car accident, uh, Alex. Uh, you know, he was a bit of a superstar. I, I mentioned earlier today we uh, we were talking with Ben Horn from uh, News Corp over in Oz about him, and it's like almost a pity for him that he didn't come along ten years later because how much of a superstar would he be in the current IPL right now? How much money would he have made as well, Ricardo? <laughs> exactly. Holy, yeah, he was. He was.
0: Um, Almost an old-school Australian cricketer at a time when professionalism was kind of being refined. He was, by all accounts, listening to various Australian um, or ex-Australian players and and teammates on radio and podcasts and reading them over the last 24 hours or so. He was a real larrikin. Um, There was a story that Adam Gilchrist was telling on a podcast I was listening to this morning. His go-to gag was to intentionally say, someone's name wrong and just wait for them to correct him so it'd be like instead of uh ricardo it would be richard and just wait for him to almost get the last laugh out of it he sounded like an absolute um culture leader and driver and ricky ponting was a massive advocate for him for that exact reason he knew what he'd bring to the dressing room never mind the fact that he was on his day a genuine world beater whether it was with the bat or in the field, he was, in that backward point or forward point or extra cover, he was phenomenal. Do not run on that arm. The amount of catches he had taken close, and just seemed so much fun. Like the sorts of guy that you would get to training and go, "Oh, cool, Roy's here. We're gonna we're gonna have a bit of fun today." And, and that's whether he was entertaining with the bat, or as I say, with his humour or his personality. And and he became actually a really enjoyable. Commentator. I thought there's obviously that um, infamous clip with him and Shane Warne, and, and no doubt those two will be sharing a drink up there and having a bit of a laugh.
2: Yeah, indeed. Uh, Jamie, you, for you, uh, your memories of of Andrew Simons?
1: Well, I have to say, I was uh, privileged enough to be in, in attendance when he got his highest one day score uh, in Wellington back in 2005 uh, against the Black Caps. Um, and uh, I have to say, you know, I. I wasn't a huge fan of his uh, before that day, um but that would have to be one of the greatest innings I've ever seen uh, ever uh, if you're familiar with um stadium there, you know that the boundaries aren't aren't that big um and he took full advantage of that fact and just absolutely blasted um the new zealand attack just i i've ne- I hadn't seen a guy in that much control of an opposition bowling attack ever before, like it was just the most absolutely brutal innings. Uh, I, I'd, I'd seen. Um, the only other one I can kind of compare it to was by another Australian, by Marcus Stornis, um, a few years ago at Eden Park, who almost won the game there. Um, but to me, he, he that just pers- uh, personified Australian cricket um, and, and that they came in and he just showed absolutely no regard, no respect whatsoever for the opposition tack and just absolutely taunked it um, to all parts of the ground. Um, and so, you know, that's my long-lasting memory of him. Um, you know, it's just been a really sad time Uh, for Australian cricket right now. I'm really feeling for the people involved in the game over there Uh, and, of course, their families and uh, friends of the the legends who are no longer with us. So I hope he uh, rests in peace. And it's just a sad, sad time. But like I said, just very, very privileged to have been there for um, that achievement of his.
2: Yeah, it's a funny one. I mean, you know, given that I think all New Zealanders have this... uh, inbred dislike of the Australian cricket team. The fact that, you know, they've lost Rod Marsh, Shane Warner, now Simons in quick succession, and, and we're all talking about them. And, and oh, I'm, you know, I'm not saying fawning in a bad way, but we are fawning over them and, you know, what great players and great guys they were and everything like that, um, which, you know, a few years ago I thought would have would have been hard to do from a New Zealand cricket fan point of view, Um but, uh, but you know it, it kind of becomes more than that I was talking to andre Adams about it yesterday and about Dan Vittori taking the assistance job at Australian cricket and going I don't I don't uh, you know I feel like I should uh, have less respect for Vittori now but I don't know that I do uh, you guys got any any take on that alex
0: oh, I'm all for coaches going and getting the best possible jobs and obviously it's come to the forefront with SCNZ Zone, Brendan McCallum getting the job with England and could not be happier for for Baz and for for Daniel Vittori to get the opportunity to coach. You know, those are two of the best cricketing set ups in the world and two of the biggest jobs. Um, obviously Vittori's an assistant coach, not a head coach, but there's nothing stopping him from then replacing um, Andrew McDonald down the line and becoming the head coach of the Australian team. And 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 you know, with Baz it's it's just a heck of an opportunity. I, I, I'm done with this whole um you know, where's the patriotism and you're not a New Zealander anymore. I, I think if we were to see um what happened with Robbie Dean's happen again, or if you go even further back, what happened with Bud Budworth and Co. leaving Team New Zealand now, it like it's almost celebrated. I and I love the, the disparity between how many people are stoked for the likes of Victoria and McCullum and how many people are against it? Because there are far more people delighted for them and the opportunities they're going to get. And, and the reward that that is for their hard work, the reputations they have built, and uh, it's a real exhibition of their cricketing brains as well. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't be more stoked for them. Just going back to your point about how we're kind of fawning over them, I think it just shows how revered that Australian generation was with, with Warren and with Like Shane Warren passed away two months ago and I still can't believe it happened. Mm. It just seems so unlikely and so surreal that SK Warren isn't with us anymore or that Andrew Simons isn't with us anymore because they just seemed so almost not real how they performed on the cricketing level that you almost thought of them as untouchable
2: as human beings and i think that's just what makes it so sad as well what about you jamie your take on that i mean does it show that maybe we're maturing as a nation that we haven't had that kickback
1: well i I think a part of it is the fact that we can be proud that new zealand cricket's in a spot right now that our alumni you know our guys that have gone out and been part of some really, really good New Zealand teams um, are recognised by uh, great cricketing nations like Australia as being like, hey, you know what? We could do with your help. That's a, a massive tick in the win column, I think, for, for New Zealand cricket. that They're not only producing great players and great teams, uh, but also guys that are wanted uh, overseas. I, mean, I remember way back when um, John Wright got named... India coach, uh, you know my perception at home was changed like, immensely because you know he he did some good things with that team, and it was I was, I was quite proud that you know he's over there uh, transforming a, a whole setup um, using knowledge that he he learned here in New Zealand. So like to me, it's it just good things about New Zealand cricket, and, and also uh, I don't really see why it's 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 that big a deal considering our rugby coaches have have been doing it for years. Um, Alex mentioned. Robbie Deans, um, but, you know, Steve Hansen, Graham Henry, Warren Gatlin, uh, Joe Schmidt, uh, Kieran Crowley, those are just the guys I can think of off the top of my head. But, uh, uh, you know, no one's thrown eggs at their car, uh, so I don't know why we'd do it for, for...
2: for Yeah, no, fair point, fair point, good stuff. This has been the panel. Jamie, Alex, thanks very much for your time. Gentlemen, go well, have a great day. Uh, we'll be back here on in Mornings after this.
0: For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.